Hey, g'day and welcome to the podcast of Bridgman City Church. We are a community of people seeking to know Jesus Christ, who is the Lord and Savior of every man and woman. In our gatherings at the moment, we are currently reflecting on the Apostle John's message of Jesus. Jesus' words are complete and they are perfect. And so they're a primary avenue into who He is. And we pray that this talk might be an encouragement to you as you seek to know Him for yourself. And we'd love to hear from you. If you're looking to know more or reach out, you can head to bridgemancity.church or join with us in Brisbane CBD on Friday nights. Great. So it says this, uh, Even after Jesus had performed so many signs in their presence, they still would not believe in Him. This was to fill, fulfill the word of Isaiah the prophet, Lord, whom has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For this reason they could not believe, because, as Isaiah says elsewhere, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, so they can neither see with their eyes nor understand with their hearts nor turn, and I would heal them. Isaiah said this because he saw Jesus' glory and spoke about him. Yet at the same time, many even among the leaders believed in him, But because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear that they would be put out of the synagogue. For they loved human praise more than the praise of God. That's such a fascinating verse. So 44 then. Then Jesus cried out, Whoever believes in me does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. The one who looks at me is seeing the one who sent me. I have come into the world as light, so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. If anyone hears my words but does not keep them, I do not judge that person. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. There is a judge for the one who rejects me and does not accept my words. The very words I have spoken will condemn them at the last day. For I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. I know that his command leads to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. So Lord, just bless our brother now as he comes to speak, uh, speak your words, Lord. Uh, may we be really hearing uh, your, who you are, Jesus, tonight um, through our brother's words, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we welcome Dan? That'd be good. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. I did, um, very interesting that Matt decided to read from verses 37 because I was trying to do a bit of political manoeuvring and not uh, have to read that because uh, it's a bit complicated. <laughs> it's, uh, it, yeah, um, talking about how uh, the prophet Isaiah is prophesying that the people will hear and yet uh, God has um, somehow shut shut their ears and uh, their hearts to be able to receive the word. Um, tonight's going to be a bit of a puzzle piece. I'm going to go a, a, bit, a bit all over. Uh, so we should get a bit, uh, quite a bit acquainted with um, chapter 12, which is what we're covering uh, this evening. But the, in, in the version that I was reading in, in verses 44 to 50, it had it sectioned off and actually said uh, the summary of Jesus' teaching. Now, I don't know if, you know, I'm not sure what you would have thought 
um, if you were to summarize maybe Jesus' teaching in maybe four or five sentences uh, or, or the fullness of what you think Jesus is about, that you would um, perhaps include uh, or say it quite this way, that Jesus says it at the end of um, John 12. There's a beautiful picture, actually, uh, Jesus as light uh, coming into the world, and then there's also... Uh, a, a, a direct sort of talk about judgment, not, not a very um, desirable, I guess, topic to be talking about, um, but, but it's, it's here. And then there's this, this conundrum where he's saying he doesn't judge, uh, but his words will uh, judge people in the last day. So this is not actually something new that Jesus is saying. I wanted to quickly go back to John 3, verses 19 to 21. And Jesus says something very similar there, which, which I think um, is good to, to keep in mind. This is what he says. Uh, this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light, so that his deeds will not be exposed." But the one who practices truth comes to the light so that his deeds will be revealed as having been performed in God. So, again, uh, a beautiful picture. The light that has come into the world. Uh, Jesus is the light. That is, that's, that's what we're, we're seeing here. Um, and, and I want you to think of, of perhaps what, what, what it means to be a light. Uh, he's here to reveal who God is. Uh, at the same time, that light somehow shines on, on who we are and, and, and reveals things about who we are. Uh, you might think of him sort of being a middleman with a big spotlight and sort of shining it on God and then going, yep, yep you see him, and then shining it on you and then going, oh, okay, well, what, what do I... But, but that's actually not the picture that we get here. The picture is that somehow in his very person, in him, you know, as, as the very revelation of who God is, as the Son of God, takes on the flesh the form of what it means to be human and reveals who God is in the flesh as a human. So, so we get a picture uh, that, that we, you know, we, we sort of have a sense of what it means to be human and yet he comes and reveals perfectly who God is uh, in, in our form. If, if that makes sense. So the, he is the light of who the Father is, his, his goodness, his richness, his perfection. Uh, it's things as they ought to be uh, uh, in the world, as a human being, things, things as, they, as they should be imaging uh, who God is. Uh, perhaps think of uh, maybe, you know, let's be a bit futuristic here. Think of a, some sort of 3D projector that can project things in, in space. Uh, think of an empty room, and the room is meant to have a particular layout with particular furniture. And think of this 3D projector just, just um, zooming in into this room, and then it looks, you can see how everything is meant to be and what it's meant to be like. Now, maybe think of the same room uh, with all the same furniture that should be in there, but uh, someone's tried to arrange it not knowing exactly what the layout is and they've, and they've, and they've done the best they can of, of what they think fits where. And then this projector comes in and you can see this overlay of how things should be, uh, but then there's also things the way that they currently are. 
this is the picture, really, that Jesus gives, right? It's like uh, he, he's coming in and, and he's showing perfection. He's not, he's not there to judge, to go, this is wrong, you know, you, you, know, you suck, or no, no, no. It's, 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 it's to save the world. That's what it says here, to save it. So to give a picture of where things should be, to, to, to bring things back as they should be. Perhaps if you're not technologically minded, uh, maybe you like, like working with your hands, think of a mold or maybe even a case that you put something in. Uh, the, the case or the mold fits uh, the object, right? The object goes in and if the object is right, it fits perfectly and snugly. Uh, maybe you get the, the, the mold or the case and you go to put the object in and it's not, uh, it doesn't fit. Something is defected or something is not right about the object. You, you know, you have a sense, okay, something's not right about this. Uh, it's not, not necessarily um, a, a bad thing. Oh, no, it's, you know, this thing is a terrible thing. Uh, but it does give you a sense, okay, this, some, something's wrong. Something needs to change. Uh, maybe I haven't arranged this properly. Um, maybe you're more mechanically minded. Maybe you're thinking of, of, of building a car or something, uh, uh, installing um, some sort of technology. And um, think of a car, right? So a car's built. Everything seems to look good. Uh, the proof in the pudding is when the person uh, gets into the car, turns the ignition, and it starts, and then it starts taking them to where they need to go. Right? That's that's in a sense the light coming in, and 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 if the car is good and right, then it does what it should do. Whereas if not, then then the turning of the ignition maybe it splutters. Um, you know something's wrong, right? That's not what a car is meant to do. Maybe you love. Disney princesses or something, and there's, uh, there's, there's, a, there's Cinderella, right, the story, the shoe, uh, the glass slipper fits one person, uh, you, they're taking the slipper around, it doesn't matter how much someone tries to fit that slipper, if it's not meant for them, it, it will not fit. Uh, there's the, 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 that moment of testing or, or putting the shoe on is the proof, the, the, the revelation of whether something is right or not. Um, maybe, maybe let's think of a wedding, right? Let's think of a wedding. Uh, uh, a woman is ready, you know, preparing for, for her, her wedding day and she needs a dress. So she contacts the dressmaker ahead of time and she, she calls up and she says, look, I, I've, I've got perfectly in my mind what, what, I, what I'm wanting here. Um, but, but I'm going to describe it to you and, and then we're going to go from there. So she gives the, the dressmaker details of what she wants um, and then a couple of weeks later she rocks up to the dressmaker's place and, and the dressmaker perhaps looks at her as she comes through the door and there's a silhouette there and the dressmaker either goes, yep, okay, I've got it right or, oh, okay, no, I, you know, some, something needs, something needs a, bit, a bit of changing here. Um, now... Now, think of that, right? When the light comes, when Jesus comes into the world, um, is humanity right? Does the world work? Is it good as it should be? Or is it, is it bent out of joint in some way? And, and the story that we see is that, that the world is, is bent out of joint and seeks to assert itself as being in the right, and therefore, rather than it being um, needing change or, or, or to, to, to reform, I guess, it rejects 
the actual perfection of what it should be. And, and Jesus dies uh, for the sake of humanity, coming to reveal fullness, what life is, and dies, um, um, and in his dying still reveals what is good and what is right. Uh, but him coming to the world is not the end. That's what we clearly see here in this passage. There, there is a, a last day that, um, where, where his very words, the, the, the very nature of who he is, um, needs to be completed. Think, think of a wedding day, right? The, the, the woman's going in, she's getting her dress tailored. Uh, it's actually not an issue for her to come in, um, um, I, I guess, and, and go, okay, yep, there, there's things that are right, there's things that aren't, things that need to be modified. Uh, but, but there will be a wedding day at some point, and on that wedding day, things will need to be perfect. It, this can't just go on and on and on and just be this, you know, this, this going around in circles sort of thing. Uh, there is a day where things need to be perfect. And if you, if you think of that perhaps in, in the picture of this wedding, where we're living uh, in between the fitting, where, where it's been revealed the things that need to be changed and need to be made right, and the actual wedding day. We're in this, we're in this middle phase. The wedding day is coming. And when that wedding day comes, uh, we, we see from um, Jesus' own words that uh, we're not 100% sure, but we need to be prepared on, at the ready as if it, as if it were coming uh, right now. COVID had really helped me out understanding this because um, right, at, right at the heart of, of COVID, when it, when it was all just really ramping up, I had a wedding um, to do and... Uh, it was my birthday, I remember this clearly, 2020, March 24th, if you're thinking of uh, what, you, what you need to get me next year. But um, the, the, it, was, it was coming up to 9 p.m., and I was with my family, we were all just enjoying, you know, birthday dinner and time together, and then um, um, ScoMo was going to make an announcement, uh, and so we, you know, flicked up our, our phones and were listening to what he was saying. And the wedding that I was meant to be doing was the following week, and, and I was probably a bit underprepared. I hadn't really looked at it yet, but I thought, you know, I've got time. And uh, so ScoMo um, comes on and he says, uh, tomorrow midnight, uh, no, not 20 people allowed at weddings, actually only two. You're only allowed your witnesses and that's it. Uh, and so I'm like, oh, well, great. You know, I'm I, glad I didn't get, get ahead of the game and prepare because, you know, it's, not even, it's probably not even going to happen now uh, next week. And then I get a call, uh, literally while we're watching this thing, and uh, the couple are on speaker and they're going, so, um, tomorrow? Can we, can we do this? And I'm, and I'm sort of going into panic. I'm like, yeah, that, that's awesome. We can definitely do this. Um, but, but I really, okay, wait, the day is coming. Like, things need to be ready. I, I, I got a wake-up call. I think... I think um, that gave me a really clear picture that, that, that the things that need to be done, the things that we know that are right, that, need, that, that are ahead of us, that have been revealed, these are the things we need to be on about and, and, and working towards uh, with what we have, with what we know, uh, work towards them. John 12, um, 35 to 36, right before what, what Matt, where Matt um, read from. Jesus said to them, for a little while longer, the light is among you. Walk while you have the light so that darkness will not overtake you. Also, the one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. 
while you have the light, believe in the light so that you may become sons of light. Now, you might think, okay, yes, the, Jesus is talking about him being there physically. The light was there for a short time. Now the light's gone. Uh, what, are we, what are we to do? But, but the reality here that Jesus is talking about is, is that the light of who he is still remains and is actually quickened for us by the spirit that he has given us, the spirit that he has sent for us. Everything that Jesus came to reveal, the light that he came to reveal for us, still is here, shining as it was then for us now. The spotlight actually is, is the cross. Um, Jesus actually talks about this in verses 31 and 32. He says, um, um, now judgment is upon this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And I, if I'm lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. And it's got a comment there that says, and, and by this he meant, uh, uh, he, was, he was foretelling really the, the death by which he was going to die, being lifted up on the cross. So we see in him the light. It is a present light. It's, a, it's, it's not a light that is distant from us. It is a light that we are to see and to live in. So, so that's really the question, right? What, you know, if, if, if who he is and all that he's done and all that he's said and all that we know of him now is light to us, what do we do? What do we do with that light? And in fact, uh, the, the gravity at which Jesus is talking here should make this question, what, what do we do with this light, an, an all-consuming question for our lives. In fact, it is the sole purpose of our lives to see the light and to walk in the light. I don't know what, what you feel like is involved in your life at the moment. Maybe you feel like you're pulled in a hundred different directions, different things that you need to do, that you're involved in. But there is a simplicity that Jesus is calling us to here. This is the all-consuming question. Who is he? How do you see him? His perfection, his goodness, his beauty. And, 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 and where are we in relation to that? And it's not, it's not coming to judge, but to save, to draw us into all that he is. Following Jesus is simple. Now, I, you know, I, I know that there can be a tendency, and I've known this in my own heart, to go, do you know, if only he was here, if only it was as easy as, as back then, do you know what I mean? Following Jesus would have been simple back then. You know, it's like he, he, he physically says to you, follow me. And, and then you just follow him, right? You just walk around with him. You, you do what he's doing. Uh, what, what does that look like for us? If, you know, if he's calling us in to follow, follow him, what does it look like for us? But the, the reality um, is, as we even look through the Gospels, um, following Jesus uh, was not actually easy then. And the, the people who did follow him um, um, ended up, ended up um, giving, giving up some 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 very costly things, ended up um, finding themselves in hard places. Even people who came to Jesus wanting to follow him, Jesus' words to them um, um, were, were quite, um, 
not, not, not abrasive or harsh, but, but real. Hey, this is, there's a, there, this is hard. There's a hardness. It's simple. Like, it, I, it, it'd be, he, he would say just very simple things for people to do. Very, very simple. As in, you know, one, one line is, this is what you need to do. Go and do this very specific thing. And, 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 and people found within them that there was a, a war raging, a, 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 something that, that did not want to do the things that were, that were asked of them. See, the, the, the reality of following Jesus, Je- following Jesus back then and following Jesus how, now, the hardness that there was back then is the same hardness that there is now. And the simplicity that there was back then is the same simplicity that there is now. Jesus' word to us is actually clear and it's simple. It's actually not convoluted. Um, perhaps that's where it gets hard is because um, we tend to overcomplicate things and the simplicity that he speaks on, we're, we're wanting to do all these other things that we just cannot step into the very simple thing that he is calling us to. Following Jesus is simple, but it is hard. And, and that hardness comes from, from a very natural thing that needs to happen in the following of Jesus. Um, and that's, it, it's hard because it, it expends every resource that we have. It expends actually everything we have, our, our very lives, in fact, until we are solely reliant on him until all that we have is Him. Until we realize that every power that we have, every motivation that we have to do good and to do right is all Him. Everything gets expended in the process. This is um, uh, what what it says in, in verses 49 and 50, which we read. Jesus says, I did not speak on my own, but the Father himself who sent me has given me a commandment as to what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. Therefore, the things I speak, I speak just as the Father has told me. I don't know if if you notice uh, in what Jesus is saying here. But, but in the perfection of what I see here, the, the, the surrender that I see in Jesus here, the, the, the showcasing his only desire to reveal the goodness and the love that is in the Father, so much so that he will not deviate one iota from what the Father says or what the Father does. I see that beauty, I see that perfection, and I, and I see in myself something that does not necessarily want to give up everything to follow who the Father is or who Jesus reveals him to be. There is something in me, perhaps, that wants its own space or or things to do uh, on its own. Whereas Jesus calls the word of his Father and the doing of the will of his Father true food and true drink. He calls it eternal life here. Heaven and earth will pass away, he says, but his words will not pass away. There's a clarity, it's, it, there's a simplicity here in this way of living. Perhaps our lives are more on the complicated side. We, we feel stretched in so many different directions, but, 
But there's an ease that comes with that. There's, there, there's perhaps um, a lessening of, of the simplicity and the hardness that there is in following Jesus. There's, there's distraction, um, um, perhaps, that we can fill our lives with, uh, uh, a complexity um, that, that, that is not completely fulfilling, but, but in, I guess in, in running away from the, um, from, from the duty, think of Jonah, right? That in running away from the duty, there's, there's a sense of freedom and there's a sense of ease, but, but it doesn't lead anywhere. Well, it, it does. It, it, it leads to the, to the bottom of the ocean um, and, and only serves to draw us back to the place where we should actually be knowing God's word, knowing his very self in his son and realizing this is what I need to be. There are a few perhaps uh, vignettes in this chapter, a few pictures of different people. Uh, the, there's a slide there with the, with the different names of people that are covered in this chapter. But I thought I'll just go through very, very briefly and just cover a bit of what... Um, uh, what it looks like, actually, the simplicity, but also to highlight perhaps the complexity that we can bring into the, the idea of doing right and, and being right. Um, Jesus, this, there's the, um, chapter 12 actually starts off, uh, it says six days before the Passover. And this is the Passover where Jesus is actually uh, um, going to be crucified. So this is six days before this, this reality. And, and chapter 12 is literally the last that he says publicly to anyone before he goes to the cross. Uh, publicly, I mean to, to the crowds. Uh, of course, the next few chapters, he says a lot uh, to, his, to his disciples. Um, but, but we see here in Jesus um, a desire to reveal um, who God is, even under the pressure, even under the, the, the incredible... Um, um, I, I, I can't even begin to imagine what it must feel like to know that you're six days out from something um, that, that is so weighty, that is so heavy, and yet to continue to just say what the Father says, do what the Father is doing. In fact, this is what it says in verse 27. Jesus says, Now my soul has become troubled. Troubled. And what am I to say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. There's a, there's a clarity there. He knows where he is going, what he has to do. And at this meal, at this supper, there are a few present. Uh, Lazarus, Martha, Mary, his disciples, and Lazarus, in fact, uh, has just been raised from the dead in, in the previous chapter. We see that. And so there's, an inc there's incredible faith, of, of course, that's stirring um, in this family with Mary and Martha, his sisters. Uh, Lazarus is there at the table reclining with Jesus. He, you know, there's a simplicity there. Lazarus knows his life is Jesus. Like, you know, Jesus owns him. You know, he's there. You know, there's, there's, nothing can convince him otherwise. In fact, his life... Um, is, is in a very complicated place right now. It says that, that he's, he's effectively got a hit on his life. You know, the, 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 the Pharisees, the chief, the chief priests are, are, are looking for a way to kill him uh, because people are, are believing um, in who Jesus is and, and what he's done. And so they're, they're trying to stop that. So Lazarus's life is, is by no means easy, but, but, but there's a simplicity there. He's with Jesus. 
uh, Martha, it says, is serving Jesus, but this isn't the serving that, that we perhaps have read in one of the other Gospels where she's busying herself and, in fact, is looking at, at Mary and going, you know, Lord, you know, tell her to start working. You know, what, what, what is she doing? There's a service here. After having seen her, her brother being raised from the dead, after knowing the love of, of God revealed in Jesus, um, she's just serving. She, Jesus is there. She's there for him. And Mary seems to move even deeper into love with Jesus than, than we've seen before. Before she was just sitting at his feet and just soaking up all of his words, all of who he is. And now that has transformed into action. She's not just hearing, but she is giving her all to him. So she brings perfume that, that is all of her savings, all of her life really in material wealth, I guess, and just pouring it on his feet. There's an obedience here. She doesn't, she doesn't really know that Jesus is going to die. In fact, when he does die, she's there mourning along with the rest of them. She, she doesn't really understand what's going on. And yet, in her obedience, she is preparing him for his burial. There's a closeness there that she has in, in, in the simplicity of that. On the other side, we, we have Judas. It's not, you know, Martha... Her heart has been open to Jesus and she's moved beyond the, the busybody nature and trying to pick out things that have doing, been doing wrong and, and now she's just serving her, her Lord and Saviour. And Judas takes on that role of perhaps going, you know, what, what is Mary doing? Do you know what I mean? What, surely the, the, the money can be spent elsewhere for the poor. Uh, and it says there that, that Judas didn't care about the poor. In fact, he was a thief and was, was wanting to use, use the money for his, for his own um, gain. Uh, Judas here is a thief. Uh, he, he, he's a traitor. There's, there's everything. Um, um, the darkest, actually, um, um, position of, of, of being so distorted as a human being is revealed here in Judas, um, completely bent out of shape. In fact, um, Outright, out, outright murder would be honest, but, but to be in the presence of Jesus and to, and to put on a show of goodness and yet to be against the very person, uh, th there's a darkness there that is beginning to take hold of Judas that I think uh, we, we can scarcely imagine, though, though, though I think we, we need to imagine exactly what is going on here in this guy's life. You know, sometimes... Um, we might look at him and go, you know, he, he's stealing money. He's stealing things that, that, that are actually um, um, God's or, or, or belong to, to the disciples and, and he's using it for his own purposes. And yet we might see uh, life for all of this world as God's and yet we find ourselves appropriating things that he has given us or that are his for our own purposes um, perhaps we, we talk about doing good, um, but, but, but there's, a, there's a cloud over that good. Perhaps it's, it's doing good for our own um, purposes. We see here as well in chapter 12, the chief priests and the Pharisees who, who their hearts are being revealed, uh, wanting to kill Lazarus, um, plotting to kill him, and, and in six days' times will actually kill Jesus, completely bent out of shape. Uh, in fact, 
They, they even have an idea that what they're doing is actually good for the people. You know, the, 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 their ideas of, of what they're actually doing are so clouded and muddied and complicated that they don't see the very things that they're doing are completely contrary to what it means to be human. And in the center of all of this, the two, two sides, perhaps these are two extremes, I guess, if you will, Judas and the chief priests and then, and then Lazarus, uh, Mary and Martha. Right in the center, we have this crowd and they're torn. Matt, Matt in fact, said, said it was very interesting. He, he read there in verse uh, 42. Uh, Nevertheless, many, even of the rulers, believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they were not confessing him so that they would not be excommunicated from the synagogue. And so we see a tug of war, perhaps. Externally, yes, you could say, but, but internally, within, within this crowd's life, they, they do believe in things that they, they, they want to, uh, they see what is good and, and, and their hearts, I guess, go out to it and yet they feel this, this battle in between them, this tug of war that's pulling them to one side. Yes, they want to believe and to give their lives over, but, but, but that, there's a hardness there that they're not prepared to step into. There's, there's a hardness there that, that they're not prepared to broach. Uh, George MacDonald has a, a, a powerful phrase, in fact, that I think captures uh, maybe where this, where this crowd is at. And um, um, uh, this is what he says, actually, because uh, we're looking at Judas, obviously, and, 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 and I guess the hell that, that there is in him and, and that the complete um, consuming fire that's burning uh, within Judas. But this is what George MacDonald says. He says, um, think of it as, as to this crowd, right? Indeed, you do not sell Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, but you are glad not to buy him with all that you have. You do not sell him for 30 pieces of silver, as Judas did, betraying him, but you are glad not to buy him with all that you have. They're, they're, they're glad not to step into the hardness of being identified with Jesus. When our, when our lives, I guess, get complicated, if, if I look at, at Judas here and I look at, um, at, at the Pharisees and the teacher of the law, um, there's, there's a complexity in them that, that brings about a darkness. They're they're not willing to see the simplicity of what's before them. Very simple things. In, in fact, a man raised from the dead, how, 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 how much more simple can things get? But, but they're, they're concern, they seem to concern themselves with, with lofty um, um, ideals. Um, you know, what, how, how do we prevent a, a, an uprising? How, how, how do we maintain peace between us and Rome? How do we, how do we um, um, ensure peace for the people? Well, you know, well, let's let one man die for the people. Let's do these good things. What, what about Judas, who, who, who is happy to, to give things to the poor or, or, to, or um, rather than actually seeing the simplicity of the very person who's in front of him? We, we can find ourselves, I think, um, caught up in a web of complexity that seems so lofty and so ideal to us that we lose 
our very sight of what's in front of us. And I think that is what is happening where, where Matt started to read where Isaiah is saying um, the, the, he, that, that effectively God has given them over to their blindness. In fact, for them to see, I guess for God to allow them to see would just mean that they would take on the outward appearance of what is good. Perhaps they would go, yes, we're for Jesus now. We see we're for Jesus but then every inclination of their heart would only serve to lead this crowd, in fact, to not deal with this tension that is in their own heart. Whereas God allows them to be given over to the darkness of their own minds so that, that this crowd can actually see that there is a tension in their lives and that, that there's a battle going on between them actually following Jesus or, 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 or conforming to, to human ideals and human perceptions and status. I, I think I know this might be a very um, um, trite or, or uh, example without weight, but, but, but I think I feel what, what, what's at the heart of, um, of Judas wanting to, wanting to do, do stuff for the poor. Um, I, I can remember multiple times when I was at uni and uh, it was crunch time for study. And uh, in fact, the last thing I wanted to be doing was studying. And um, as I was studying, I, 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 could, I, just, I just wanted to, to, to enjoy myself, not to feel the weight of the study, just, just go watch a movie for, you know, for a couple of hours and just, just get, get out of that zone. And, um, but then I realized, oh, you know, it's, I can't just do what I want, you know what I mean? But, you know what I mean, there's, there's dishes that need doing, there's clothes that need to be hung out on the line, and they're good things, you know what I mean? And I'm going to go do them. And, and you know what? The, what Jesus is saying, you know, when he says, you know, you'll always have the poor. And so what Mary is doing is good and right. I think I, think, I, think I get that, right? It's, it's like, the, for me, in that moment, the, the, the clothes and the washing were always there. Do you know what I mean? I, I could have done those things. Why, why now? Why, why shirk the responsibility? Why cultivate this heart? Or why allow this heart that doesn't want to do what is good and what is right? Why allow that to grow? Why, why allow what, what's wrong in me um, free reign by not doing what is my responsibility? And then realizing that after that responsibility is done, the clothes will still be there and the dishes perhaps perhaps still be there, and then I can do those things. To cultivate the right heart, this is the very thing that Jesus wants, not just an outward appearance of what is right, but a following of, of, of who he is, a realizing of his perfection, a realizing of why he came to save us, to give everything that we may be perfected in his image, to be as he is. George MacDonald actually, you know, g goes on to, to say this, um, which, which, I, which I think is, is um, very hard-hitting. And, and I want this to be the main thing. Matt actually said this right at the start, and so I think this is a, this is a word for us. Uh, it's, it, it's always a word for us, in fact. Uh, but he says this, the greatest obscuring of the words of the Lord 
comes from those who give themselves to interpret rather than to do them, to do his words. Theologians have done more to hide the gospel of Christ than any of its adversaries. It was not for our understandings, but our will that Christ came. He who does that which he sees shall understand. He who is set upon understanding rather than doing shall go on stumbling and mistaking and speaking foolishness. He has not that in him which can understand that kind. The gospel itself and in it the parables of the truth are to be understood only by those who walk by what they find. It is he that runs that shall read and know other. I think this is the very reality that Jesus wants to invite us into, a, a realisation that, that life, eternal life, is found in him and only him, and he is calling us to himself. Not to, not to try... And, and come up with complicated ways of doing things, not to try to aim at lofty ideals, but in the very simplicity of who he is, to actually, to actually take in his perfection, not as, an, not as something outward, but something that is for us, that is to save us. He is here, he came, his very presence is for our salvation. And what we find... Um, and I just want to say, actually, in, in his creating of us, there is goodness. The, the, the very, the very mould he has created us to be is good. It can be set right by him. He has come to do it. And so the, the, the way we stand before him, being made by him, being in his presence... There is a good and a rightness that seeks to grow and seeks to take over all of what we are. In fact, if we have a desire to be as he is, if we, if we have prayer that longs to be as he is, then we can know that the good, uh, that he, um, the good of who he is is already uh, extant or existent in us and is seeking to take over all of who we are. We find ourselves in ourselves, perhaps as this crowd um, does, uh, an evil that is, um, that is not natural to us, uh, that is a cancer, in fact, that needs to be expelled, that needs to be removed, uh, a cancer that does not want to do the very acts of love, the very reality of who he is as, he, as we see him, that doesn't want to follow, that doesn't want to give of itself. And yet we are made to be in the shape of Christ. And he is here for us. And he calls for all of who we are. And he calls for it now. Now. There is no other goal in life than as he reveals himself with the light that he sheds on us that we see to simply accord our lives with him. 
We might, we might say that, 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 that it's complicated and we, don't, we can't see him. I, I know, these, I know these, these wrestles and these thoughts in my own heart. But this, 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 what George MacDonald is saying here, I think, is, strikes right at the core of what Jesus is saying and what he came to do is that the simplicity of it is plain to see. It's plain. But it only opens to the one who, with what he sees, seeks to enter in and step into what that is. To look on him, to, to get our bearings straight, to see the things that perhaps do not accord with where he's at, and then to start to move in that direction. He hasn't come for judgment. He hasn't come to cut us off. He has come to save us for, the, for, the, for eternal life, his very person, to, 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 to override everything that is bent out of shape in us. Perhaps you and I find this in myself, a desire to escape um, the hardness. Um, a lot of my life, I, I, I relate, um, um, sadly so, um, to, to Jonah. I, I know multiple occasions in my life where, where I've shirked the hardness and have gone my own way, only to be brought back um, through a much harder road um, to give myself uh, and to know the fullness of life that there is in him more and more. Do you want to be saved from, from that hardness? Well, I, I think, I think that, is, that is reason to pray. It is reason to join together. It is reason to, to, to be here, to, to, to be encouraged, but also to know that he cares. In fact, actually, I, I, I pulled this up. I just saw this um, brochure there, but apparently there was a section here um, that Gateway had for their Easter services where people could write prayers in it. And, and, and I just, it, it looks like, um, doesn't, doesn't necessarily look like the best handwriting, but, but I think this just struck right at the core here. This is, um, this is exactly it. This person writes, help me stop failing. Lord, help me stop failing. You give me all I need. I give you all I have. Thank you. I take no treasure from this. Help me mourn for sin. He made himself nothing. It's a prayer. It's a very simple prayer. I love that. Let's pray that together. In fact, there's a... There, there's um, some words that Jesus speaks here in, in, in verses 23 to 26 that I want to personalize. And, and I do pray, actually, that this, I, I do believe this is his heart. And I do believe that exactly what he's saying here um, is intended for us. It was intended for him in the perfection of who he was and his love for the Father. And because of that, is, it is intended for us. And so I want to personalize this. I am adding in a couple of extra words here. I hope you won't feel like I'm blaspheming, but I truly believe that this is exactly Jesus' intention for us. But this is, this is him speaking to us, right? John 12, 23 to 26. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified in you. The hour has come. It's now. 
Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. The one who loves his life loses it, and the one who hates his life in this world will keep it to eternal life. If you will serve me, you must follow me. And where I am, there you will be also. If you serve me, the Father will honour you. Let's pray. Father, um, you are good. We, we, we can't escape that. In fact, the light that has come into this world, your Son, has only revealed love and goodness and care and life eternal in you. Not apart from you, not, not, not as an offshoot from you, but in you. This is the very reason you sent him to save us from where we are and take us into where you are, that we may be with you where you are, as it says here. And we see you. Our hearts are as the crowd is here. It sees you. We believe in you. It's true, we do. We find, we find in ourselves things that uh, perhaps are slow to, to listen and slow to walk and slow to obey. Remove it, Father. Save us from this. We commit. We believe in you. We don't want to, to be aligning ourselves um, with, with human thoughts or, 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 or human affections or... Um, just a, a desire to, 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 to fit in or a desire to um, not rock the boat or a desire to, to, to avoid the hardness of it. That, that, that is there. You, you, you don't shy away from that hardness. But, but this prayer, I, I love this prayer. You give me all that I need. I give you all that I have. Oh, Father, do it. Do it in us. We commit to you today, tonight. Help us. Unite us together here. We, we want to know how to do this properly. Lead us in the simplicity of it. Help us not to overcomplicate things. This is not just, just for us to do in our individual lives. This is for us to do as your people. Your light is being revealed by your spirit in us as we follow you. And we need that light. That light is the very simplicity that we need. And so help us be light to one another by your spirit, not of ourselves, but by your spirit, the very spirit of Jesus Christ, your son, alive in us, ready to hear your command, ready to hear your voice, ready to see who you are, and to run after that. Help us, Lord, we pray. And now, in expectancy, we wait on you. We align our lives towards you. Do a new work in us. In Jesus' name, amen.